It's time for Spotlight on KRWC. We've got an interesting topic for you today and uh, a guest in who's uh, writing a book uh, to be kind of a follow-up on another book about the uh, history of long-forgotten areas of Wright County. Karen Erickson in studio today. And uh, she visited with us uh, a few years ago about a different book that she was writing and now a new undertaking. First of all, Karen, good morning. Welcome to Spotlight today. Thank you. We're uh, glad to have you back in studio. We got to tell people that uh, we were happy that you were flexible because we kind of bumped the schedule around a little bit yesterday in lieu of the state basketball tournament. So we moved you to Thursday instead of Wednesday. So we're, we're happy that you're here. Um, refresh our memory first on the first book you did, and then we're going to dive into this new undertaking that you've been um, toiling on for a while here already. Well, the first book I wrote was on my husband's cancer. And then because of that, um, Bill Fiddler came and asked me to write a book about Albright's Mill. And so... And for listeners in Wright County that are unaware of uh, the Albright's Mill area, that's... That's kind of where you're from, and it's uh, near Howard Lake, yes? Yes. Albright's Mill is uh, north on County Road 5, and uh, it's just south now of where I live along the Crow River. And Bill grew up around that area, but he visited that town a lot as he grew up. Him and his dad had, and his family had a lot of memories, getting ice out of the river and putting in the ice boxes and things like that. And he just did not want his the memories or of all the elders of the area to go forgotten. And, you know, frankly, I didn't even know there was a town there along with many other people. And it took me five years of research to get that book written. And it brought a lot of families together. And that really made me happy um, to realize that how many people in the area were brought together because of this, and like the Nichols um, ice cream machine, um, the music box, and all of the things that were created in Albright's Mill that just brought the town alive. And even Wright County put a historical sign down there because it couldn't be made a park of historical... Um, it, but my book was made the historical book for Wright County that year that it was published, and so it's just fascinating what the town has brought to the right county. The Albright's Mill would have been, what years are we talking here that it was oh, in existence? Just with, a ballpark. With my memory loss and everything, my, I can't remember because I don't have the book here. I'm guessing it was 1880s to 1960, whenever County Road 5 was brought was made. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it had a fairly fairly lengthy existence then. It did, but that town is nothing compared to Smith Lake. Yeah. And that's I mean, it was a now. wonderful, wonderful town, but it was so completely different from Smith Lake. It lasted longer, but it was so completely a different town than Smith Lake. I, I can't even describe it. The The water power for how things were run was was ran by by wind and water which is so different than Smith Lake. Smith mm-hmm. Lake was ran by steam. Okay. It was just so different. Karen's working on a, a new book that's going to uh, kind of tell the history 
of uh, Smith Lake. And uh, here, this is another of the kind of Wright County ghost towns. Uh, and when when would this have been? Were they kind of contemporary uh, of each other? Actually, Smith Lake, um, because this is going to be the last book of the area that I'm writing, I'm really getting into it. I am going to the first the first settlers of Smith Lake, which is probably in the 1840s, 50s. It's, um, you know, when the settlers first came. And then I'm actually digging into, like, the World War II, um, which is around the same area. And it's going to be when the train came in, how the train was built, um, of course, again, the Destin Massacre, but I have better information on the Destin Massacre, um, the Indian treaties, um, the Civil War, um, all of the schools. I mean, the Melquist School was missed in Albright's, so I have to get the Melquist School in there because it's my last book. Okay. Um, the airport, um, all the businesses I do not have, like in Albright's, I had the information as to who lived where, who they sold what business to, and I don't have that, you know, but I do have a lot of other things. Some of the elderly that I've been visiting with, they actually saved so much information that it got back to the Mayflower. Wow. They have um, clothing they have history from the War of 1912. And it's information that our young ones should know about. I mean, I don't remember, even in high school or in school, I didn't like history. I didn't like school. And here, are, here you are, kind of a historian now. <laughs> I know. It's serious. I'm like, wow, the War of 1912. You know, I never really liked it, but, you know, and then they came over from Britain, and they actually fought for us. <laughs> mm. uh, just back up, let's uh, talk about the, the geographic area of Smith Lake now. This was located whereabouts? If you go uh, west from Howard Lake towards Cocado, and you take a right going north towards Albright's, you cross the railroad tracks, and it's right there on the left. Okay. You would never know there was a town there. And it had a bar, it had general store, it had a millinery store, which is a hat store, a boot shop, it had an ice cream store, it had um, stockyards. I mean, when people came, and I mean, back in the day, they didn't have that many cows, they didn't have that many goats, and the farming is explained in detail in this book. Um, and the hardships, I mean, the locusts, the drought, the and there's explanations for everything. I mean, I'm doing so much research on this because it was so different back then. And, you know, it was called prairie. Mm -hmm. We were called the prairie back then. Yeah. And it's so hard to even imagine. And the, the schools and the school system and the county government and the Wright County Fair and the POWs, I mean, I have chapters in this book that's that's just unbelievable. Well, the um, you know we're getting back to uh, eras where there were lots of other, uh, maybe not just in Wright County, but all throughout the state. I'm sure 
Um, you know, you got to remember that transportation, of course, was uh, much slower, much more difficult. There wasn't the big road system. And so there was a need to have more of these little smaller towns because people didn't, you know, that was a big deal to travel a long distance. Right, right. And, you know, like, I always wondered, why did Smith Lake go away? You know, and I'm going to get the answer of that. You know, like in 1903, why did 12 families go up north? Well, now I know why. <laughs> I mean, I had to do research. Yeah. You know, and it takes time. And now, you know, with my memory loss, I realize that why it takes me so long. And now I realize I had to do volunteer full time. Because otherwise it takes me too long to remember where I left off. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get this book done. And with a cemetery, you know, those stones are long gone. I have somebody that remembers where the stones are now. And by the time you find them, they're made of sandstone and wood and everything. And those stones are, they're gone. Yeah. They're, de they're done with. Talk a little bit about the... Um uh, and and Karen is is one of the main reasons of uh, talking about the book that's in uh, the writing process right now is to uh, to get a little bit more assistance from those who may have anything, any kind of materials from that era, any memories, any um, printed materials, photographs, what have you. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that coming up, but. Uh, the effect of the railroads to all these early communities is really interesting because here in Wright County, we've got many examples of, of towns that used to be um, kind of bigger towns that, depending on the way the railroad ran, they maybe shrunk in size or went away, or and others where the trains came through, they, of course, prospered, so... Yeah, and um, Smith Lake used to be the end of the line. They had a turnaround, and, it, you know, it's just amazing. And I found out how the trains got up to the coal station, and I have the details in the book. It's just fascinating how they did it. It's just amazing. And part of history is still there, and it's all in the book, and... I, every single thing in the book is factual. I cannot put anything in this book unless I have exact facts. And it's just amazing how they actually had these feats done. We talked prior to the program about the fact that um, it's really important to get uh, as much of this uh, established because every day that goes by and every year that goes by, uh, the amount of people who actually do have memories of it is going down and down. So it's right. critical to get this um, mapped out. Right, right. Actually, I just realized this past week that one of the VHS tapes that took me so long to decipher, I looked on it this last week, and it was a group of elders that in 1990, they had two meetings at Middleville Town Hall. And they were trying to get the history of Albright's Mill and Smith Lake put together 
for the Wright County Historical Society. And Betty Dirks just retired this last August. She was there for 40 years. And I told my husband the other day, you know what? My job is to finish their job. Sure. And I'm going to get it done. I will complete it. But I also got a call from somebody from around the area that he was upset that he didn't know anything about the Albright's book and he wanted to put his information in there. And I don't know how to reach everybody in the area. So if somebody has any relatives, anybody that they know from the area, they need to be reached so they can get their information in the historical book. What would you, uh, what has your research told you about what the population of Smith Lake was at its, at its biggest? Oh, my Lord. It was so different. Um, at one point, there was 1,400 people. No kidding. At Smith Lake. Yes, that's, there was. Yes, there was. That's a big was. community for yes, that there era, was. for sure. Yes, there was. I actually even have a piece of paper the actual piece of paper from the government center telling somebody they had a house of ill repute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they were kicked out. I also have um, a government piece of paper that I can't figure out of somebody trying to give somebody fake land mm. in order for them to turn over their store. Oh, boy. Because he wanted it or he wanted to sell it. I don't understand what it is so i can't figure that one out some falsified land documents or something yeah i can't figure that one out and i'm trying to get the cemetery records so i can get a monument put up there with everybody's names on Mm -hmm. and so uh at its biggest at this uh you know some 1400 what any guess as to what year that would have been when it was really at its most bustling uh the town my mind is so filled with so much of this town. I can't, I can't at this moment think. Early, I'm right sure. Now. I mean, it, it goes back quite a ways. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, schools and/or churches in in the region. They must have, with that kind of population, they must have had. Actually, I talked with uh, Dwight Hackbarth just this last week, and he went to Melquist School. So I told him this morning, I don't know if I said this already today, that Melquist School was kind of missed. Did I tell you that already? A little bit. We yeah. just, t- just touched on it. Yeah. And he had said that um, Smith Lake School was a better school, he felt, than Melquist School. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was Melquist School was in between Albright's and Smith Lake. Okay. And then there was Smith Lake School in Smith Lake. And these would have been one country room, schools. One room, kind yeah. Of country well, schools? Smith Lake School was a two-story school. Oh, okay. They had, um, you know, and that's explained in the book. And then Henderson School was on like the Highway Twelve side of uh, of the Smith Lake. There were Twin Lakes. There was uh, Spring Lake on the south side of Smith Lake, and then there was Smith Lake on the north side of 12, which is now, you know, when the road was through. Mm -hmm. And the Henderson School was, um, 
you know, the Spring Lake side, that's where like the Gilmers, when they all moved here to Howard Lake side, they mainly had the land around the Spring Lake side. Like the Gilmers and the people that lived over there, they all went to the Henderson School. Okay. So because the Gilmers and them were all so much a part of Smith Lake, I need to include the Henderson School mm -hmm. because they're all part of Smith Lake. So I need to include all of that and the Gilmer family and like the Eugene Smith family and all them as part of the Smith Lake because they were all part of a community. Sure. Karen Erickson is our guest on our spotlight today on KRWC. She's writing a book about the history of the Smith Lake and the Smith Lake area, really kind of looking for uh, anybody that might have further information. Uh, at this point, you know, anybody that can shed light on anything right. is helpful to you. And another thing, the churches. Right. At first, I was really confused with the Methodist Church and the Presbyterian Church. And just this last week, I found out that there was a Methodist church in Smith Lake and the Church of God. And, oh, I got to get my book out. But there was another church. Um, the, the Methodist Quaker Church was the first church built in Smith Lake that I have right now. But then... Um, some of the people also went to the church in Howard Lake. So I'm kind of confused with that as to who was buried where. Okay. Um but I think the I think the um the Methodist church in Smith Lake I think was the first one. It was very religious mm -hmm. time there. Yeah. And they held a lot of gatherings, you know, like plays and, and things there first. Um, maybe I don't know for sure how much information you have on the interaction between communities like Smith Lake, uh, Albright, uh, and towns that we are that are still there that we know more about, Cocado, Howard Lake, those kind of communities. How did they There wasn't interact? much. Okay. You know, even like, even like when I was working with Albrights, the people... They really didn't, I mean, it was only three miles apart. But, you know, I don't think they really did much I, that I know of together. Mm -hmm. I do know that, um, you know, I know like when it was the Crimery, I do believe that like Dwight Hackbarth's dad, when he did like the milking, you know, when he had to go to collect from the farmers and stuff like that, sure. he did a lot, a lot, a lot of runs with the truck. That was later on, mm -hmm. you know, and he had a lot of farmers that he had to pick up for. Um, you know, I really don't know, and I know I had started in the book with the cream, you know, in the early days, people didn't have a lot of cows because they had done a lot of seed with the wheat mm -hmm. and everything because that was transferred by the train. They didn't have a lot of dairy at that time. But when, when the wheat, when the trees were getting taken down and the wheat went down in price, the farmers were like, oh, my God, I'm not making any money. Now what do I do? So then they got some cows, and they realized that cows and horses weren't making any money either. Mm -hmm. They were shipping the 
animals up north and they weren't making any money. So then they decided, well, let's try for butter. Well, the wives were trying to make butter and the butter tasted like crap. <laughs> so then they started maybe sending farmers with their wagons with the cream. But did they send the did they send the cream elsewhere or were they able to get cream separators at the house? You know, I'm not sure how readily the cream separators were available. Did they send them to Howard Lake? Did they send them to, you know, I know in 18, and that's where now I understand the co-ops, the creamery co-ops. Sure. That's where Albright's came in because Mrs. Albrecht donated her land at Albright's to a creamery co-op association where the farmers all got together and they created a co-op. And they built the creamery at Albright's. The Middleville people cre- built the Albright's the creamery. Okay. And the farmers brought all their cream to the creamery. And then Josephine Johnson and her husband in uh, 1908, I think. So I think the creamery association, the farmers, got together and they started making their cream or whatever. I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know, have that for facts. But I do know in 1908, August Johnson was the butter maker and Josephine bought the creamery from the association in 1908. Okay. Before that, I think the farmers were making it. So everybody brought their cream together and they made it themselves. Interesting. So I don't know in Howard Lake if they had a creamery association in Howard Lake, if farmers took it there too. But that's what the co-op was. Right. Isn't that just amazing that they all got together and they did that? Well, you know, it, uh, a lot of these, uh, and of course, they've taken on different uh, different uh, partnerships and different things. But a lot of, you know, the, that whole idea continues right up, you know, to present day, really. I thought that was just, you know, amazing. And then... For the farmers that didn't take it right away, they put their cream in those milk cans and they put them in a hole six feet deep to keep the cream cold. Okay. And Lila Lutter told me back in the day, she said, you just didn't want it to rain because if it rained, you just prayed to God that your cream didn't get wet. And if it got rain in the hole, you had to dig the rain out of the hole. Oh, boy. Yep. I mean the memories that refrigeration that, was not uh, that I can available. get is just amazing. I've got uh, you've got a table of contents here that I was kind of looking uh, looking over and just a couple of things that caught my attention that um, that people maybe would be interested in. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, you've got a, a chapter or a part of the book that's going to be um, centered around Kruger's store. Oh, that I don't know. In I don't know. See, the buildings of Smith Lake are very questionable. I have uh, I have maps and plots made of the town. So right now I have a map sent down to Florida to Patty McCullough, who is now I can't pronounce her last name, um, but she's looking into that because she remembers where things were in the town. Okay. Um. And, um, and, uh, let's see, Doris Tonsberg Rod, 
She told me a story this last week about walking to the railroad tracks. Um, and she remembered a gentleman having, uh, an old gentleman having a little greenhouse. And then um, by where the airport was, um, there is a brother of Anderson's that he was concerned about that there was a, a little cemetery there. And he was concerned with who was there. And um, Doris kind of remembers that she felt that was a Native American cemetery. Okay. And so I need to get back to him and let him know that because he's been bothered about that for years. So I'm getting information yet about the airport, but I don't know. I know a lot about, I don't know that much about the towns, but I'm going to tell you that I have learned more about the World War II um, um, that is just amazing that people are just going to be looking through their parents' things. Do not throw away your parents' things. You need to look through them because like the coins mm-hmm. and things from World War II, you really need to look at them. When did, uh, do you have information on, uh, when did Smith Lake cease to be? Did they have, uh, did they go through a, a, a unincorporation of the town, so to speak? or That I don't know. Okay. You know, that's something to really look at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. I went to the government center earlier this year, and because I have complications with my mind and my memory, I really struggled with the microfiche and okay. things like that, and I got confused. So I need help with that, and so I decided right now it was too complicated for me, and I need help and. I'm not getting any help, so I decided to just go by the plot maps. Right now, to me, the history is not really about who lived at those houses. To me, the history is about history. I don't really care who lived at the houses. I just want to know who lived there because I'm not getting anybody to help me. Which brings us uh, to something we'll we'll touch on here as we kind of close out. Now, if people want to help you out or if they have... Uh, vivid memories about any, I guess you're kind of interested in most anything about the community. Anything. Anything that can help you to kind of finish up uh, this book. What do you want people to do? How do they contact you? How do they, what's the most helpful to you? Well, actually, you can call my home phone number, and I do not mind you calling me at home. Mm-hmm. It's 320 286 6782. Okay. Or you can uh, send me information of your family at my email address at K, K, T as in Tom, K, S as in Stephanie, underscore, and my zip code 55349 at yahoo.com. Okay. And I have information sent out to the train station. I have information sent out to a well digger just to verify everything I have. Um, And, you know, I'm just doing the best that I can do. And um, you're just, everybody who reads this book is just going to be 
wowed. Yeah. Is there a timetable? I mean, obviously you are looking for help to, to kind of finish things up, but is there, I mean, do you have a, a goal in mind on when to get it to put together? Well, my goal is to get this done in two months because I do want to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> I have a grandson that I need to spend time with because he just lost his mom. And um, I, I'm... I'm looking for, um, I, I don't want to miss anybody, you know, and I don't want somebody to come back to me and say, you missed me, mm. mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to redo a book. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll put out the plea as much as possible here at Karen Erickson. And again, her number is 320-286-6782, correct? Yes. Yep. And then uh, the email, kktks underscore 55349 at yahoo.com. Very good. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. It's very interesting. I'm uh, kind of a, a history nut anyway, you know, and so I, uh, anytime that something like that comes up, it's, it's always interesting to me to hear about some of these uh, things that, that were and how we got to where we are now, so... Well, best of luck, Karen, on the book, and uh, come back again sometime. Thank you so very much. All right. Thanks for being here. Karen Erickson, our guest on today's Spotlight on KRWC.